Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. Uh, I was going to say, then this is Aztam. All shall fall before me and become undead creatures under my thrall. Most of that is correct, except I'm James. Yeah, so Texas Jody said, hey, you want to do an episode tonight? Record this week. He's like, yeah, probably tonight, maybe Thursday. And said, well, he says, well, what should I open up? Because I have a beer that I want to try. And I'm like, well, here are two choices, and we can either do both or pick one, because my drink's the same no matter what. Right. He's like, well, let's do indeed D because I want to do the drink. He's uh, the, doing, uh, um, yeah, the, the dragon's milk. Dragon's milk, white, bourbon barrel aged white stout. So dragon's milk, dra Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> I'm finally getting this one drunk on an appropriate episode. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've actually, I've had it before. This is like the third one I've had. But it's, so, it's pretty good. I mean, if you like, it's, 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 I mean, it's not, it's an ale, you know. What's it's got a little different flavor to it though, because it's it's a white ale. Well, it's a white stout, right? It's a white stout, yeah. Well, stouts are ales, you know. Well, they they well, you know, at one point in history, they kind of considered stouts, ales, and lagers to kind of be different, but you know. Yeah. But it's it's not dark, right? Isn't it actually like looks like a normal pale ale ale thing? Um, it's kind of, it looks, I think, more like a brown ale. I, I'm not entirely sure because it's drink, I'm drinking it out of a can and I don't really have a glass to pour it in. <laughs> wonder if I took a picture and logged it into... Um, no, you may be right, because I get a little bit here in the lip of the can and it looks kind of light. Yeah, so yeah, yeah there's kind of look like a pale ale. It looks like a pale ale, but does not taste like one. Oh, no, I had this at, uh, I had it at Donuts and Dragons. <laughs> oh, awesome. The other D&D. &D. Yeah, there's my picture, and it looks like a normal ale, but yeah, my notes are coffee, and sweet, clean, coffee-ish, smooth, and I had it on October 29th, 2020. Oh. Which, I wondered if it was a Halloween, because... Looks like I had a Fruity Pebbles donut, but they put like little googly eye candy treats on it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> I'm holding it up for Jody to see in the video for a second. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, man, that is <laughs> cool. Yeah, I want to say it's like a raspberry with the Rice Krispie treats, but I don't know. It's been two and a half years. That was cool. Yes, thanks for turning off the camera. Now <laughs> <laughs> that the donut and beer are gone, I only see you. <laughs> I think I've had it more than that one time, too. I feel like I had it at Kuma's and maybe had a bottle at home. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. What are you going to uh, rate it? Um, well, I've already rated it. I think I gave it a 3.75. I gave it a 4.25. That that seems accurate into our differences in ratings. Yeah, yeah, 3.75, yeah. Jody always has to take 20% off. That's right. <laughs> Mostly because from everything all of his girlfriends have told me, he's so big, you can't put it all in us. <laughs> I'm not going to dispute that. <laughs> Rebecca, are you around? 
no, because she's recovering from earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to want to take a guess at what I'm having that would have worked well with the other episode was maybe going to be Wicker Man because we are doing that this year for its fiftieth. Yeah, which um, if I, we, you know, I mean, if we've got time, we could still do it tonight. I don't have a problem with that. Huh? I cool. Just... Well, my my drink should last because if you want to take a guess, you can. Otherwise, I'll tell you. Yeah, there's so many I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? I'm finally, finally opening up Ravenwood Meadery's house mead that you gave me. Oh, nice. Yep, I was organizing my beer fridge the other day, and I noticed a little bit of flocculation in there. It's starting to settle, so I thought, you know, I should just have. Why am I saving it? I should have it. Yeah, because I think if it's the house mead, I think the bottle of house mead I got you was first or second batch they did. Yeah, it is one of those you told me, and I don't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't either. I just, just uh, yeah. <laughs> I just opened it up as we were logging in, and I've had a couple drinks. It is 12.6% awesome goodness. Nice. I will I will tell Rue that tomorrow when I see her after, uh, after well, because we're going there after uh, our thing we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, the thing. Yeah. That thing. That that thing. It's an important <laughs> thing. It is. Well, let's move on, unless you want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Sure, let's move on. By the way, you can tell Rue that the mead goes really damn good with little mini lemon cupcakes. <laughs> uh, Store-bought? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I will let her know that. Very springy summertime... Honey, lemon goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so D&D. Woo! Yay! Oh, damn it. I got sidetracked because it's going to be like, wait a second. Dragon's Milk? Dungeons and Dragons? Huh, Mr. Obvious? I never made the connection. <laughs> no, not because Jody's trying to be sneaky or anything. I just, it's... Uh... Yeah. For, for, for long-time listeners, first-time callers, yeah. <laughs> you will recognize the occasional Bob and Tom indie morning show Q95 reference. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do you have, I, I've got a couple, I, like, yeah, you know, I have an episode ready for D&D, but I should be polite uh -huh. <laughs> and ask you if you have something that you would prefer to talk about. Not really. All right. Uh, about a month ago, as it came out, so by the time this comes out, it may be two or three or four months. Uh huh. We've done a and d episode about our like races and classes that we think we are and what we think the other would be. Yeah. And in it, we talked about doing an episode on various things. And those three things I wrote down between what came in the episode and the notes Jody and I were taking during and before and after are, and we might be able to do all three today. We'll see worlds or campaign settings. Uh huh. And, and these would be like our favorite, because if we want to do histories that that may be more of the 50th anniversary next year. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that can, that could wait till we do the 50th. Yeah. 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 Like deep, deep dive stuff will be next year, but this is just prepping and, and what we like. Yeah. Um, another is alignment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good 
And the third I'll, I'll is have a question for you on, on alignment when we get to it. <laughs> cool. Uh, and the third is version. Uh, oh, addition, which addition? Addition. yeah. Yeah. So we can probably do all three in one episode because we're just going to talk yeah. about our favorites. But if we don't do all three, do you have a preference on which one to start with in case we only do one or two out of the three? Not really. All right. Then I'll, I'll, I'll just go in order. Okay. Of how I have them written down, which first one would be campaign settings, the worlds these take place in. Okay. Uh, there, there are several. Uh, you can look them up. They're easy. I have not played all of them. I, I neither have I. Yeah, I mean, there, there are actually some on here I had no idea. Uh, but right. Um, but I, I've got a list of one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, kind of seven, but most of them won't take very long. Mm-hmm. So, do you want me to go and you'll jump in, or do you do you have one you'd like to talk about? Um. So, so you're talking published settings, not, not homebrew. Yeah, yeah, because okay. I, I know we we both done homebrew things, but I'm not sure. I if you have some, I yeah, I, I think I've made my own adventures, but they've always nominally be been set in one of the official campaign settings, even if I didn't specifically say it was in Mistara or or Farron or whatever. Okay, um, but if you have one, um, I, you know, honestly, I don't. I don't have a specific favorite setting. So just as you, as you I guess as you go along, I'll just kind of jump in. <laughs> jump in. Kiss myself. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Farron would be the Forgotten Realms, which is kind of one of the, the big official current settings of it's the one that Jody's running a game with right now with uh, myself and Sam and Jenny. Uh, mm-hmm. what we're doing, um, we mentioned uh, the, the the dragon, what the fuck? Court of the Dragon Queen. That's the one. Yeah. That's, that's the dragon bunny. Dragon bunny. Okay. <laughs> but if I Google it, somebody's done art for it. Oh, I bet dragon bunny's out there. I bet they're adorable as fuck. <laughs> cute, cute little scaly bunnies that breathe, breathe fire <laughs> um so I, I don't have these in a specific order but i will say when i get to my my one or two favorites i like fair and i like forgotten realms i'm i'm very much enjoying jody's campaign and he's doing mm-hmm. a good job of kind of giving us locales and telling us about sort of histories and stuff and that's cool and and jody and i were both gamers players pcs player characters yeah in a uh Waterdeep campaign that our one of our buddies Rob had had ran for like that was a like a long going campaign. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I actually thought it was nice. A lot of books were based off of the Dritzt, Wolfgar, Bruner, Caddybury books were based in Forgotten Realms. Yeah, are are. Yeah, because Salvatore's still writing them. Yep, yeah, uh, the movie that we talked about not long ago, The Honor yeah. Among Thieves, is based in Forgotten Realms. Fair. Oh, it's, it is out on Blu-ray now, too, so. Yes, it is. I, I just picked it up today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't buy it on Blu-ray, but I bought the streaming version. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy Farron. See, it's it's really well known. It's, yeah. it's well thought out. There's all sorts of, you know, 
the modules that you can get for take place all over the place. And there are so many accessories and I, and I, I like it. It's not my favorite, but it would be one of my favorite. That's sort of something anybody could jump in on. Yeah. I, I, I do like that setting. Um, it's, it's got more of a Renaissance era feel than middle ages feel, I think to it, but you know, which is okay. Um, and, and, and Farron is, um, that's just one part of the world. That's the uh, the western part of the continent, the main continent, because there's other continents that uh, there, there's an eastern part, which is where they do all their um, or or where they it's still there, but they don't really publish a whole lot outside of the northwest part <laughs> of the of the map. Um, but yeah, there's an eastern part, which is where they they put all their like asian themed stuff and and uh they they do have uh, uh an, an arabian style area and a, a, a jungle area um they've even got a couple of continents that are supposed to represent like north and south america and everything and i without getting into the history of the world it's you know supposed to have ties to earth and, and all this um but yeah the the main stuff is usually that usually gets published anymore is the Northwest part. Well, I can see that. I mean, until recently, most players would probably be European descendants, white. Well, I mean, white guys mostly, but then white girls. And, and then there are some people of color starting to play. So maybe it'll explain, but I can see why at least until recently, most accessories were, yeah. You're Eurocentric. Yeah. Because it is well, a it, company that it, needs it, money. Well, yeah. It actually, um, in second edition, was when they expanded a lot of it. And then since third edition, they've they've kind of just rolled it back to the what they call the Sword Coast. I don't think Oriental Adventures did overly well. No, no. And they by the time they got around to... They, yeah, they, when the Oriental Adventures stuff came out, they... Yeah, like you said, it didn't really do well. And then when they kind of moved on to second edition, it um, they kept publishing OA stuff, but they stuck it in Forgotten Realms at that point, kind of retroactively. Yeah. So, yeah, they did with second edition. So, but like, uh, um, what was it? Al Kadeen was another, is, is the Arabic setting, but it's also Forgotten Realms. Um, Mastico was the the North and South America stuff, but yeah, it's like like I said, since like third edition, they haven't really done much with those other parts of that world. They've just kind of focused on the you know, like I said, the Northwest and the Sword Coast and all that. Yeah, probably, probably because of Salvatore's books, because that's the majority of where his books take place. Oh yeah, it's start way up in the the far north, like Conan. Yeah, actually, yeah, part of it. Which there is an official Conan D and D world, but I bought one module and realized nobody's going to want to play this because only one person can be Conan. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think they only did two Conan and a uh, one Red Sonia module for that. I do believe you are correct. Yeah, but I'm ready to move on if you are. 
Okay, yeah. Or, or at least if we're just talking about our favorites. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Greyhawk. Not yes. the original original, because the original original was Blackmore. But Greyhawk would be kind of the, you know, if you started playing D&D way back in, you know, 1980. Mm -hmm. That would be the world. And it is one of my favorite only because the first modules I bought outside of the basic edition or advanced were Greyhawk. But at the time, they didn't really have everything out there. And I only knew it was Greyhawk because it said World of Greyhawk. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but I, you don't, you don't give me any information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much I can say about Greyhawk right now. I'm not going to. I will save that for when we do a deeper dive. Um, I, I mean, if I was going to pick one to be my favorite, it would probably be Greyhawk, just because of what you were talking about when, when that was the original advanced dungeons in that dragon setting yeah with tomb of horrors and the temple of elemental evil yeah those things Ooh. writing a note for our favorite modules <laughs> <laughs> but i'd have to think about that yeah yeah i love greyhawk is sort of a old school and when i say that i mean i didn't start playing until after the basic came out so i did the greyhawk things afterwards right so it's not like who oh, i'm I was there right away when Greyhawk came out. No, I really wasn't, but I, it was the first advanced D&D, AD&D that I, I played in. Yeah. Right. It's neat. Dragonlance. I, you know, I've, I've, I know very little about Dragonlance. I mean, I mean, I know several things, but I've never, I never played the setting. I've never read any of the novels. I, I do have some of the novels. I just haven't had a chance to sit down and read them. Oh, you didn't you didn't play the one time Dennis ran it? No, I got there late that night. You guys were already uh you guys were almost done by the time I got there because I know we gamed that night. But I didn't play Dragonlance. I, uh, I think well, we played Vampire or something afterwards. So Dragonlance loved the books, loved the modules. I don't actually find it a great campaign to play. Okay. It seems limited to me because the the Cataclysm and the War of the Lands and all the books and everything that came out and the setting and the modules that came with the books, which which are fan, I love them. I've read them multiple right. times, but it, it kind of inhibits me from playing because I already know what's happening and what's going to happen and what happened. <laughs> okay, okay. And I, I will say, I, I think we've talked about Dennis on the podcast and how his paladin was a pain in the ass to my my thief yeah <laughs> but, but he 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 ran this he borrowed my modules i'm the one who had all the modules and he borrowed them and he did let me play kinder which is dragon lance's version kryn is the world k-r-y-n-n they're their version of halflings but they're not they're they're more like tiny mischievous gnomey elf things rather than halflings right and they steal, not because they want to, just because it's second nature. And Dennis would let me do it. Like, he knew I'd read everything and I'd played. Like, I I actually ran one with uh, some Sacred Heart friends once. It didn't work out very well because of who was invited. Ah. Not anybody you know. Not, you know, Robbie, Donnie. They'd be fine. But there were a couple others that kind of fucked everything up. 
yeah, you, you let me do it, Kenner. It was fun, but we didn't. I was inhibited because I I knew the fucking modules. Right. Everybody else was a bit inhibited because they didn't really know the world and Dennis didn't explain it well. And yeah, but it's 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 not fun for me to play, but it's a great read if you want to read Dragons of Autumn. Shit! Holy crap! Wow! Dragons of Autumn Twilight, isn't it? Twilight. Yep, Twilight. And yeah, then there's uh, Winter and Spring. It's a trilogy. Fantastic. In the second trilogy, the Time of the Twins is awesome, too. But yeah, yeah, you know, I, I don't there, know. There is a new Dragonlance campaign that has been released for the current edition. Um, it was, it was just like the first time since second edition that. Wizards of the Coast or TSR or whoever actually owns Dungeons and Dragons published anything for Dragonlance. I think in third edition there was a third party publisher who did some Dragonlance stuff. I was at the local gaming store a week or so ago. I, I bought Tales from the Yawning Portal because I wanted mostly Tomb of Horrors for fifth edition. Yeah. Uh, but but they have some other really good ones in there. But I checked out Dragonlance because I almost bought it instead, but it's I, I didn't look close enough, so don't, you know, don't say I'm saying this, but I think it's sort of a rehashing of the original Dragonlance War of the Lance campaign, but for 5th edition. I I think it is. Um, I, I haven't, without having read any of the stuff or, you know, from, from 1st edition, um, it'd be hard for me to say. But I, that's kind of the impression I got from from looking at it i i do have it um actually i got it i i get i um rebecca got me the box set so not just the campaign book but also the um the tactical battle game that comes with it that you can get so i got i got like both oh nice and, uh, yeah so uh Anyway, I know uh, Margaret Weiss, who was one of the authors of the original books. Actually, I think her didn't her and Tracy pretty much write all the books or most of them. They they wrote the first two trilogies, the first six books, and they they played the actual like they wrote the modules and they played them along with other people at TSR and then wrote the books based off of that. But they did make the books into something that you'd want to read, not just you know, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, uh, Margaret does have a twin sister, Janet. <laughs> ha ha ha! Um, Damn it, Janet! <laughs> Better wise up, Margaret Weiss. Yeah. Um, so, any anyway, Margaret, uh, she she had to she she found out that Wizards of the Coast was publishing a new. Dragonlance adventure and had to um apparently she had to when when she looked into it she she contacted them and said do not do what you're planning on doing with the kinder because that's not who the kinder are <laughs> they they are specific and special and yeah. yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do with them, but she said that's not the kinder. That's not what they do. That's not who they are. And at least that's what I remember seeing on her, her social media. Um, but but her, her and Tracy Hickman just published a new Dragonlance novel. 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't bought it yet, but it's on my uh, list. Cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, Dragonlance uh, is... Oh, um, so, you know... Also, Dennis, by the way, I do not feel sorry for taking my modules back because he got really shitty with me when I told him I wanted them. Yeah. Because we... He played the one time, he ran it, and we hadn't done it again for months and months, maybe a year or two. And I'm like, I want those back. He's like, fine. I'm like, you know, they're mine, asshole. I spent my money on them. They're not yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, that's why I stopped loaning out cassettes to people back in the 80s was because they give me that same attitude. And it's like, it's my fucking tape. Give it back. Yeah. You asked if you could borrow it. Yeah. I didn't say you could have it. I said you could borrow it. That means I want it back. Anyway, I, I still have them, so, you know. Nice. If you want to do a side-by-side -side sometime where I run the original and you run the new, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the original actually is, like, one module is the, like, a game, a military game with little pieces and everything where you have the map and stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, let's see. What's another one? Uh, so, so I mentioned I had Tales from the Yawning Portal. And they uh -huh. give suggestions as to where these adventures can take place because you can put them in, in like, they, they give suggestions for four settings. Yeah. Um, Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, Dragonlance, and the other is Eberron, which I have never played, but because it said Eberron, I thought I would throw that out there. Yeah. Um, I, I've looked at Eberron a little bit. I just, I know it's a newer setting. Uh, 2004, so, so relatively, yeah. Yeah, so third edition, I think, was when that came out. Um, I yeah, I I don't know a whole lot about the setting. Um, just that the the world, uh, the 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 time for when the game would take place is like right after the the world has come out from a major world war or something. But it's still a fantasy. I almost. Almost steampunkish, I think, but not quite. I don't know if they're supposed to be at that level of technology, but I think they're supposed to be like really close to it. Yeah, like a metal apocalypse that actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ruse beads kicking my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you keep going, but I don't know if you want to save some of it for end up whatever you want. Um I, no, I I really I, I know I know next to nothing about Eberron. I looked it up just before we started recording and you added 50% to what I knew. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Ravenloft. Yes. Or, I like Ravenloft. I like, it's not my favorite, but if you have the right DM. Yeah. It's awesome. For Elizabeth was one of our friends back in the day. And she yeah. ran Raven. She had not only ran Ravenloft, she ran Vampire the Masquerade, and she used Ravenloft settings sometimes as a crossover. She used, yeah, she used the map for the yeah, castle the, of Ravenloft. The castle, yeah. Um, but she would do, it was so good. I, dude, she ran other things. So we would go in not knowing what we're going to play, and she'd be like, all right, and you guys are going down the road. And all of a sudden, the mist comes in, and we're like, but, well, some people are like, fuck. And then there's Jody and I going, yes. <laughs> Raven, you hear little kids going din, 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 like yes <laughs> yeah but, um yeah you, you do have to have the right dm 
Yes, yes, you do, because Ravenloft is a horror setting. And it was, and guess who wrote the original module? Huh, I actually don't know. Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love the Ravenloft setting uh, because it's gothic horror. And, uh, oh, what is it? What's his name? Uh, Strahd. It's Strahd. But I'm trying to remember the, his full name. It's Strahd von Duschenheimer. Yeah, that's sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> well, and we can go into like more detail on the history of it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a vampire lord, and everything's horror and undead, and humans are, you know, well, picture Transylvania if the humans were second class citizens compared to vampires and zombies. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I just, I, I love the. I've I've read one Ravenloft novel um, from you know back when they were still publishing novels for D and I won't get into that this episode either. But um, I I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really cool. Um, I I stole Elizabeth's idea of using Castle Ravenloft in a different game. So I I used the. Uh, I used the map for Castle Ravenloft in a Star Wars game I used to run. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and and had a uh, had the ghost of a dark Jedi that was inhabiting the castle. So it was, and it went over really well because you know if you can if, if you've got the right person running it and they can get that creepy vibe going, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Elizabeth had turned out, make sure the lights were low. She usually was anyway, but yeah, the setting was always good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. If you have a good GM in the setting, yeah. Now, I, um, you know, as we were just saying with Dragonlance, um, they've got, uh, for 5th for edition, they've got Curse of Strahd, which I think is kind of a rehash um, update of the original Castle Ravenloft to 5th edition. I'm not entirely sure. I've, I've actually got that one. Um, I haven't looked through it, but from what I've read about it, that's what it sounds like. Nice. You know, I don't mind them doing the like. Well, the one I just mentioned, Tales from the Owning Portal. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's what Tales from the Owning Portal is. Is it's a collection of older modules updated to the fifth edition rules. Yeah, a couple from uh, even fourth edition, but you've got uh, the Hidden Shrine of Tamakin, which was from the first. Yeah. White Plume Mountain was also first against the Giants, Tomb of Horrors. Those were all first edition. Yeah. Um, I, there, now, I do know there's another company that is doing fifth edition conversions to first and second edition modules um, because uh, and it's uh, Goodman Games, I think, um, because they've done several of those. The big one they did was Temple of Elemental Evil. <laughs> and I, I got that one. it's like two it's two volumes and it's like i think a thousand pages total for the two volumes because because they published the original module in the book and then they've got the fifth edition version of it oh yeah well, and it's got a, it's 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 a really nice one because it's got a bunch of history and stuff about the development of the module and uh temple of elemental yeah Temple of Elemental Evil was set in Greyhawk. Yes, and it would be in my top five anyway, before I even think about rating, definitely my top five. It's Hell kind yes. of a combo 
thing. It's not just, it's like a set of modules together, but it would be in my top five. Yeah. And there's the original, there's the fifth edition version, there's a novel, there's a board game, there's a video game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I played, I played the computer game. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> I started, but then my daughter got old enough. I had to start doing stuff and never went back, but I should. Um, it is, I'll get with you later because I know it is available online on one of those uh, retro gaming sites. I, I found it. I just haven't done it yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I haven't either because I want to do it again. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, ready to move on? Yeah. Were you there the one night Tim, our friend, ran uh, the Council of Worms campaign where you actually play... Um, so Dragonlance has... Uh, draconians which are sort of a, a human a dragon sort of thing but the in council of worms you actually play uh well what you would call a dragonborn now but they weren't called that at the time because it was before dragonborn but, um yeah, I, yeah sorry go ahead i didn't know if you heard my question after i started going yeah i again that was one of those nights i showed up later because i had to work so i got there after i got off of work and you guys had already started and so i just caught like the end of what you guys were doing um i did i i do have the council of worms book actually i bought it afterwards because i thought that sounds really cool <laughs> you know some people are meant to be dms and some people aren't uh-huh and and i'm not saying i am i don't know people keep asking me to dm that doesn't mean i'm good um, I've always enjoyed the stuff you run. No, thanks. And same back at you. Uh, yeah, thanks. But uh, well, let's see. That's why I thought whether or not you wanted to include homebrew because I was going to say your homebrew stuff. I I thought was some of the best stuff I've ever played. No, oh, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. I've yeah, we've <laughs> we've enjoyed each other's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a wand of Orcus in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. so some people are just better. And I'm not saying Tim, I think if Tim would have stuck to anything, he might've been good, but we only ran it one time. Tim would do something yeah. where he'd play it once or twice, maybe twice. And I, I don't know if he got bored or never had something again. I wanted to play, like I made a copper offspring, which, you know, copper dragons, as far as chromatic is, is one of the weakest, but I still enjoyed the game. But we, we never played it more than once that I know of. So okay, were those were, were the were the characters were they half dragons? That sounds right. It's been well, been twenty five years. Yeah, I think technically half dragons are still a separate thing from Dragonborn. I think, but I could be wrong. I that sounds right. I don't know for sure. I, I mean, I'd have to look it up, and right now I'm too lazy. Well, you know, that'd be something good for a, a, a later episode. A, a deeper episode, yeah. But anyway, it seemed like it might be interesting, but I also like D&D &D because I, I can be Aragorn or Legolas or Frodo. I Yeah. I want to fight the monsters. I don't necessarily want to be the monster. If I want to be the monster, I'll play vampire. That's a very good point. That is not to say other people, you know, you can feel however the hell you want. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and, and we'll kind of address that again when we come to alignment. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> well, here, in that case, I've got one more. Okay. And this is my favorite. Okay. But Mistara is the world of basic D&D. You know, if you get the red box and then the blue box and the green and the black mm -hmm. and the gold. Where, where elves can only go up to 12th level and dwarves 10th and halflings 8th or vice, whatever. I need to, I always played a human, so I don't know. It's my favorite. It's the one I started with. It's the one I started gaming with. I played by myself for a, a you know, year or so. Then I got my buddies at Sacred Heart to play, and that's the one we did. And it's kind of that thing where it's your first time, and the first time is always awesome. I can see that. I, um, I, I think they, near the end of tsr being its own company uh before they got bought by wizards of the coast i think yeah kind of like in the mid 90s they started to do ad and d modules that were set in mistara i'm not i, I may have to double check on that because i'm not entirely sure that sounds right i i don't know if i ever got those i always got the specific mistara you know the yeah CA um, for the companion and you know, M for masters and and I like it because you can actually become immortal. They don't have their own specific pantheon. They have ascended immortals where humans become immortal and those are the gods. Then okay, I, our our friend uh, our friend Jamie that we gamed with. I know Jamie. Forgetting Jamie from Marshall. Yeah, uh, um, Nickel. If if yeah, Nickel. Yeah, he he ran uh, he ran some mistara stuff um i don't you weren't there yeah is this after sam and i were kicked out <laughs> yeah 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 unfortunately yeah <laughs> that's a shame i would have been uh, one of the best people from mistara i knew that shit backwards and forwards and just would have loved to play yeah that that would have been that, that would have been cool um i I like the Mistara setting. I do. Um, I, I I enjoyed those. Uh, the, the, the although he ran later, you know, um, the the AD and D stuff instead of the basic stuff. But uh, I I did enjoy the setting. But you know, as as I looked into it, I, you mentioned Blackmore earlier, and I think Blackmore is actually set in Mistara. It's like in Mistara's past. Yeah, I wasn't gonna get into it, but yeah. And uh, they they've also got the Hollow World setting, which is mistara but it's like the the planet is hollow and this is what takes place inside the planet yeah i saw that one i've just never played it so i i never did either um i i will say the blackmore stuff i've tried to look into it i i am interested in it because it was technically the first official setting they published anything 1977 before. yeah so I, i've kind of wanted to look into it and learn a little bit more about it but i've just not been able to sit down and look at the stuff i've found real close see that's the thing i've never played basic D, &D like you did i've only played a D, D and then the later editions so I, I never had that experience i would like that experience actually to sit down with some of the original ad or the original basic D, &D stuff and, and play it well you got a gm anytime you want <laughs> all right we'll set something up <laughs> you know, Sam and Ginny are busy and we can't have the whole group if you or you and Rebecca want to, you know, or anybody. Okay. And by the way, I said 1977. There are some supplements from earlier for Blackmore. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Mistara is my, I don't know, just kind of dig it. 
you know, it's well, you know, no, you have I, that special spot. You may have your your best fitting campaign, but there's also special something special about your first campaign. Oh yeah, yeah. See, yeah, and I think that's why I like the Greyhawk stuff so much is because that's the, that's the original AD and D modules. So, you know, that's that, that's the kind of and a lot of those were written by Gagax, and I'm I'm sorry, it was just never the same once he was out of the company. Yeah, Arneson and Gygax and yeah, yeah. I mean, because those were the guys that really created the game, and you know their their ideas were just so cool. You know, and everybody's just kind of following in their footsteps, I guess. Which is what happens. Yeah. I, and can... that's not to say that there hasn't been some really good stuff. I mean, you know, like I said, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, they did Dragonlance and they did the original Ravenloft module. And, you know, and, and there, were, there are some other really good ones that came later. But it's just when, you know, you think of old school gamers like us, when you think of D&D, you think, Temple of Elemental Evil and Tomb of Horrors and, you know. Yeah, against the Giants, which goes down to the Underdark and the Queen of the Demon Web Pits. Oh, yeah. Oh, so here's um, here's here's the way that it's it's been said that you're supposed to do this. Temple of Elemental Evil starts off, starts you off at first level, works you up through level 10. Then you start that whole Giants Underdark thing that takes you up to like level 20 that uh that seems pretty accurate (laughs) yeah i've that's apparently that's the way that is intended to go you know i'm actually looking at that's why i'm kind of stuttering now because against the giants you should start which is a three module thing and then you go in the underdark for three and then you go against the demon queen walter you know in in the seventh of the the things um yeah, they, they do suggest four to five players of 11th level. So, yeah, that would make sense. Yay. <laughs> All right. So, well, you know, um, I was going to do alignment next, but you had said version edition. Okay. So let's do that next. Okay. I, I do have favorite editions, but I'll tell you why I like some better than others. And okay. it comes down to simplicity over additional unnecessary things okay so my favorite is the Uh basic okay and ad and d would be the first edition 1e would be next because they're very similar and and i don't okay so i don't mind the extra stuff but i just like having six ability scores Uh uh-huh and that's what you have I, yeah. I don't I don't have to worry about spending time looking at feats or specialties or was well, this athletics or do I have lore right. or whatever. No. Roll your intelligence, roll your dexterity, roll your strength. We're done. Let's move on. Chop chop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't my like as a person, I do science. Complexity is my life. Yeah. Which means I understand it. I get it. It's it doesn't take any extra time for me to do shit. But if we can shave off, you know, when you add four of us, you know, you've got, let's, okay, Jody's doing the, the Dragon Queen Horde. Yeah. One, one DM, three players. Once you have three players and everybody has to start looking at shit, you're now adding five minutes for every time you want to do something. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. So that's, that's why I like the basic. I like the first edition. Second edition. Like once you got to a third, 3.5, and you're starting to add these things. Yeah. Third edition is third edition really added a lot of third edition added skills. Yeah. What it was. I did. I did play third edition once. Did not hate it. Um, I didn't mind it. Yeah. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't play fourth edition at all that's the one i've never played yeah and from what i've heard we probably don't want to <laughs> i've heard that from even younger players yeah <laughs> yeah um i again i you know like i said i've never played basic edition um i started with first edition but by the time i started playing they were transitioning to second i i know that there are differences between first and second but I, they, they seem minimal to me. Yeah, yeah. Not a huge change. Yeah. So I, I'm probably going to say second edition is my favorite edition because that was the one I played and was the most used to. Um, but I, I do have to say I do like fifth edition because they simplified the game. I, I actually agree. I, yeah, um, you it, get to it, this level. Here's yeah. what you can do. You get to this level. Here's you know, now you can bump up an ability score or you know one of your feet, whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I don't mind it. But it right, it doesn't it doesn't have all of the skills that third edition had, and you know it it and they almost completely did a 180 from what they had done in fourth edition, from what I've understood. So <laughs> yeah, and I still prefer basic or one e, but five e yeah. seems to be a nice compromise. So if you want a bit of complication, you can go for it. And if you don't, you, you don't have to. Right. Now, I, I will say that I have been um, I've been looking at the play test that they've been putting up on D&D uh, &D Beyond um, for what they're calling 1D&D, which is basically the play test for what's going to probably they're saying they're not going to call it sixth edition. I, I don't know. They might, they might not. It doesn't look like they're changing enough game mechanic wise to really call it a, another edition. It's mostly character creation options that seem to be changing. Um, not in a complicated way, just kind of retooling a little bit. That'll be okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I've heard people, yeah. I've, I've been on the, pages and groups and boards and the people are complaining but people complain about everything yeah yeah um you know I, i'm i'm uh well okay so here's a here's a for instance um in all the previous editions one of the one of the playable races was half elf okay and and half orc after a while but not not right away but right pretty, yeah pretty quick yeah so what they've done um oh by, by the way not basic right but advanced yes in, in advanced dnd yeah so what what they're doing uh with this play test that, that they're going to put in the the update that's going to come out in 2024 is okay first thing is they're no longer calling them races they're calling them species you know what i don't care <laughs> it, it really doesn't bother me you know it's no skin off my nose 
but the but half elves and half orcs are no longer in there. There are rules for making a a character that has two species as parents. So you can still make a half orc or a half elf. There's just not a, a set thing that says, okay, this is what this person gets. You, you've, you've got rules for how you put together and that's just it. It's going to allow you to customize that character a little bit more than what was already published in fifth edition. But we won't know until it comes out. Not for sure. No, because they'll, they, they'll make changes. You know, like I said, this was the play test stuff, but from what I've looked at, it's, you know, it's like, you know, okay, you got parent A and parent B and you take a little from parent A and a little from parent B and you put those together and there's your character. Yeah, I'm going to have to say I don't give a shit if they call them races or species or whatever they do. But see, to me, that sounds like they're making it more complicated. Yeah, maybe. As in the initial one, you can be a half elf and yeah. you get a plus one to your strength. Woo, you're done. Chop, chop. Let's move. <laughs> If you're an uh, elf, you get a plus two to your decks or whatever. Chop, chop. Good for you. Yes. Ah, all right. Let's go. Okay. But um, now when you choose a species, you don't get those ability adjustments. They they moved them to backgrounds. Whatever. Sounds more complicated. <laughs> you know, I don't mind, but it, it makes it less accessible to me. Like, to me, it yeah. seems like it would. Just here's what you want. And uh, to be honest... The reason why first edition AD&D had half-elves was because Tolkien had fucking half-elves. Yes. It wasn't anything weird. Humans and elves got together, and there are a few strange people like Elrond, and even Aragorn's a descendant of one of those branches. Yeah. And that's why they had them. Yeah. Pretty much. But, well, in all honesty, Tolkien's why they had half-orcs, because that's the Uruk-hai from... Lord of the Rings. Supposedly, there's yeah, but that's a that's a Tolkien episode. <laughs> yeah, but you know, um, yeah, I'd I'd have to say, for me favorite favorite edition is probably second, but I do enjoy fifth. I don't know. I I think my favorite might be first edition AD and D because yeah. I did play it. Yeah, but it's I also found out about it soon after starting basic, and here's why: mostly because the AD and D had like whole manuals. Like here's a monster manual. Here's yes. A fiend folio. Here's deities and demigods, which you could worship Cthulhu or Celtic gods or <laughs> yeah, whoever you wanted until they had copyright issues and you can still find the originals out there. Yes. Uh, and and it seemed a little spookier because suddenly now you have artifacts like the Hand of Vecna. Oh. Ooh, liches. Ooh. It, I don't know. Give it a bit of a spookier aspect than just basic but mm -hmm. but i did like second edition too quite a bit because you had unearthed arcana where you could become a cavalier or a paladin yeah you know the, the first time around but again i don't mind those because here here's your race and your class and here's are your attributes yeah. done yeah pretty after this every level you go up it helps your saving throw and your thaco <laughs> uh-huh we'll explain thaco later later we will. And I'm I'm ambiguous that's that I, I don't ambivalent. I don't care. I love Thaco because I love math. Right. I actually think the newer systems are probably more convenient for people than Thaco that we'll get into in the future. Right. But it, it just seems weird to me that a fighter of third level and a, a thief of third level in fifth edition 
aren't really like it depends on what you choose you could make a thief as good as a fighter as a fighter <laughs> yeah yeah just seems weird to me pick your class <laughs> I, I will say that is one thing i i don't necessarily like about the later editions as opposed to like first and second edition is it seemed like it seems like to me some of the classes are you know i mean because I, re I remember when they transitioned from second to third edition and i the first thing i did when i looked at third edition was i looked at the stuff for thieves and i'm like you know there was this whole thing with they called them thieving skills you know but they were specific they, thieves were the only ones that had skills yeah and it was here's you know, 10 was, percentage points do you want to be a pickpox better or find traps better or sneak better yeah put them where you want yeah and and now it's you know everybody can do stealth everybody can do uh and in, in, instead of instead of having a uh disarm trap skill you you now have a uh you get a you get a bonus if you have a thief toolkit well anybody yeah. can buy a thief toolkit <laughs> actually by the way my paladin i've been looking this up is gonna buy one because yeah uh, my chaotic good paladin can pick locks if he yeah. wants yeah that just seems bizarre to me yeah, and it's to to me that kind of it takes away from playing a, a thief character, but you know, I mean, if you if, if you're a good enough role player, I guess that's kind of a it, it really doesn't matter because you'll be able to pull it off anyway. Yeah, and that is the main reason you should play is for role playing, but still. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. your character is more than just you know a collection of numbers and stuff on a piece of paper. It's you know, it's 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 what you put into it. Yeah. And I, I'm all for inclusion too, by the way. Like I think oh yeah, the more recent editions are more inclusive, which is cool, but you can right go back and use your first edition rules and keep things open. Yeah. Which yeah. is what I prefer, but I get I get why they change things, but I, I still think simplicity is better for most players. Yeah, I, I do too. Which oh, would be first edition without Thaco. <laughs> Although I will say a strength of 18, then you roll percentile dice because strength is the one attribute that you can somehow get these little special little things that go with it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I've got a strength of 1851. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's my wisdom? Do I have 18? No, you have 18 or 19. No, fuck off. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I have a note. Okay devils and demons do you want to talk about that now or do you want to talk about that when we talk more about history mostly history but just a quick thing in that first edition they were big second edition they're big fifth edition they're back and it's cool but in some of the editions they tried to take that away to make it more less evil yeah that's bullshit that lasted all the like half a year then they came out with supplements <laughs> yeah well, it was it was second edition because it was in the middle of the Satanic Panic in the eighties. So yeah, they 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 renamed them. Actually, they kept them, but they renamed them. And then, uh, I think when third edition came out, they just went back to the, calling them devils and demons. <laughs> well, it's because Osmodius was pissed. 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's something about first edition. I, basic might be my favorite because it's my first, but I think my favorite favorite would be first edition because it made keeps it simple and some evil. Yeah. You've given yours, so I'm going to use that evil part as a segue into alignment. <laughs> oh, yes, alignment. So some background of alignment is in the basic edition. In the, the first editions, you had lawful, neutral, and chaotic. You didn't really have good and evil. You were lawful, which was good, chaotic, yeah. which was evil, and, and neutral in between. Right. And then as they went to advanced, you can have a combination of either lawful, neutral, or chaotic. So you tend towards being hierarchical and structured into in between down to, ah, fuck it, woo! <laughs> and it's a two-dimensional Cartesian plane where the other side is good, neutral, and evil, where you want to do things for the best or for your self-serving purposes. So you could be chaotic good where you're good intention, but it's more of the outcome rather than the process. Or you right. could be lawful evil where you're doing it for yourself, but motherfuckers, you better pay attention to the hierarchy and follow this rigid structure. <laughs> like high yes. school. Yeah. <laughs> we, can, we can go more into the background, but I thought you could give uh, what well, we could give our preferred favorite alignments. I have a tendency to go chaotic good. Me too. Although I will say chaotic neutral is a lot of fun to play. <laughs> Chaotic neutral is a lot of fun to play when you're the one who's chaotic neutral. Yes. When you're part of a party and another motherfucker is chaotic neutral, it is amusing for 10 seconds <laughs> until you're rolling up a new player because they're like, help us. And they throw a fireball in the middle of a group. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I never did that. No, it was me. I'm the asshole who did it. <laughs> You and Greg and Dale were fighting some, I think, flesh golem, maybe. And I was playing a chaotic neutral mage for some fucking reason because neither of those are like, I'm like, help us. I'm like, can I do anything? And they're like, yes. And I'm, well, Greg and Dale said yes. You're like, wait. And I'm like, too late. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I think you saw the look on my face. Like, I'm asking you get this one shot. <laughs> Uh, but hindsight, I would have been not happy <laughs> than anybody else. So yeah, chaotic neutral is a shitload of fun if it's you. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I get a chaotic good is my preferred because there's a like a, a thumbing of your nose to people in charge and structure, but you're still doing things that are for the whole common good, not yeah. just for society because sometimes that means the people in charge and the people with wealth but yeah chaotic is my favorite neutral good is, is not bad for the same kind right. of reason because i can kind of see in between you need a society but you should allow mobility um i the, the one i always think of chaotic good is like robin hood oh, yeah. he, he may do bad things like you know steal from the rich but he's doing them for the good reason to give it to the poor. Yeah. I think there's, I, I, you know, every once in a while I'll see this something on like Facebook and it's like, you know, uh, uh, what, what D and D alignment would such and such superhero 
character be or a super villain character be and people debate on the joker whether or not he's chaotic evil or chaotic neutral do you want me to tell you my thought or do you want to give yours um my thought is he's just chaos doesn't matter <laughs> well that's why i go with chaotic neutral because yeah. he doesn't care about good or evil right. he just cares about chaos yeah so if you had to put him on the cartesian plane but yeah so what what are your thoughts on alignment in general okay well first before that uh-huh um i i've <laughs> yeah i've got a couple notes <laughs> okay so sorry you brought this up last time so i made notes okay you know it's funny for my in-person own thing i am very lawful because i keep myself very organized but my outward personality is very chaotic. <laughs> but my inward lawfulness helps me be better at being chaotic. <laughs> okay. But my, my notes are uh, chaotic good, neutral good. I have done lawful good. It's it's okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually have some issues with being neutral, something, something, something. I'm not neutral good or whatever, but neutral like... I can see both sides of things, but you should yeah. still come down on a side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see, I, I think it, it, if you've got a DM who's going to, you know, be the hard core and really rigid about how you play your alignment, true neutral is like fucking hard. That, that's probably the hardest one to play. I agree. Yeah. True neutral means you're very in the very, you're Alice in the Brady Bunch thing yeah oh the grid yeah <laughs> yep the grid yeah because you can't can't you see both good and evil you see both chaos and law and it's yeah i agree yeah yeah and 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 the thing is if any of those are out of balance then you were supposed to be doing stuff to put them back in balance <laughs> which i see but well okay that actually goes with my next point which is my last on before i answer your question uh-huh if you have an evil party, because there have been a few modules or, you know, uh, Gen Con things that they published in Dragon or whatever, yeah, where you can play an evil party, I don't have a problem with that, but I would recommend you go with lawful evil, because you cannot have a fucking party of chaotic evil motherfuckers. No, you cannot. And or, that, or, is, yeah. that is a point that people bring up when they start talking about drow as a society. Because it's oh drow because in earlier editions it was all oh, drow or chaotic evil. Then how do they have a society at all? They they shouldn't have a society, period. Because yeah. they would constantly. I mean, any, yeah. Anyway, uh, well, chaotic neutral also a bunch of chaotic neutral characters would be. Yeah. So I I can see being lawful evil, maybe even neutral evil in a party of other either evil characters or this party is there. To benefit you and you know you, but you don't go against the party like you're still playing to have a good time asshole yeah if you want to be evil be evil but don't fuck over your party because they're your party and, and yeah I've, I've never played an evil character but if i did that's the way i would approach it yeah you know you get to 10th level and you're like thank you my friends but this is what i need to do i would love for you to come and help me yeah <laughs> And that goes into answering your question, is alignment necessary? Yes and no. Because I'm neutral on this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's necessary because you do have good and evil. 
Yeah. And, and I'm okay with newer systems allowing for races and, you know, orcs and ogres to be good more or less. Yeah. But one of the reasons I like it is the Tolkien esque way of, I want to be the good guy saving the world. Yeah. I, I'm not saying orcs are the same as, black people and dwarves are the same as Jewish people. Like that is not my, I don't actually, I never made that connection until I saw other people make it because I'm not really, you know, it, yeah. it's yeah. not my thing. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw there are some people who are good and some people who are bad. And I yeah. want to play Aragorn Strider, the ranger to go kick orc ass so I can save the world and everybody can go fucking smoke their pipe weed and have their gardens and have their pints at the green dragon. Yeah. So I find it necessary to have, but I don't find it necessary to be a stickler because every person in the world may lean towards being a, a nice person or douchebag, but you're not a perfect thing of anything. Right. Well, see, that's, yeah, uh, to me, uh, alignment in the game, um, I, you know, I, I, I always thought of real world examples. And the thing is, it's, 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 you know, kind of like what you were saying is, nobody is that way all the time you know i mean there's i i i as a person may lean more towards chaotic good but there are times when i am more lawful <laughs> than i am chaotic you know it's 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 like in game you're supposed to punish people for doing you know well that's you, you you're not playing your alignment so you no <laughs> no you're not going to punish me for that I made a choice based on the circumstances. Right, which maybe makes us more neutral good. <laughs> it might, you know, I, I don't know. But when you're 67% chaotic good and 33% neutral good, you know. Yeah, yeah. See, that, you can't go too far. You do have some boundaries. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of my point. And that that is that's that's always been my point ever since I started playing D. &D. And it's like D, &D is like the only system I can think of that has any sort of thing like that. Uh, yeah, Vampire, I, I know, has uh, your, they don't have alignments. They have like your core personality and your outward personality, and you're supposed to go with those. Yeah. But there's nothing really good or evil. Right, yeah. And that's what the old um, the old Star Wars uh, game, West End <laughs> Games, the, the D6 system that, that we used to play um you, you didn't you didn't have alignment either but you had uh what a dark side points you, you had dark side points that if you did something evil you would accrue dark side points and then you know you were supposed to roll one one die against however many dark side points you had and if you got under that number then you your character turned to the dark side but you know they probably were already headed down that way because of the way you were playing them I do remember playing and at one time uh, Imperial officer or stormtrooper was incapacitated and my character was going to just kill them to take them out. Yeah. And I don't know if it was Rob or you, I don't think it was you. I, I forget who it was, who was in, in the GM. They're like, are you sure you want to do it? Cause I didn't know the system all that well. And they're like, going to get a dark side point. I'm like, well, wait, what? <laughs> and, <laughs> well, you know, if you get too many of those, you're going to, be a NPC, a non-player character, and you'll have to roll a new character because that person's going to be on the dark side. I'm like, damn it. Because <laughs> it might have been cause, Sam. Because Sam started running that before any of us. Oh, yeah, he did. It could have been Sam. Yeah. 
Could have very well been Sam. And, and and stopping to make you think like that seems a very Sam thing to do. <laughs> That's true. It's like, okay, so I'm going to give you this chance. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let you make that decision. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the real world, you should always kill the monster no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> We're just chaotic good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want it to be good. I want to be evil. <laughs> I, you know, again, I think the closest I've ever come to playing an evil character in any system was Vampire. And even then, I wasn't really. It was like you feed on humans because you have to. <laughs> Otherwise, your character starts to starve. Yeah, but even in Vampire, you can become more bestial. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I do know a little bit about where the uh alignment system came from, but I think that's a better better story for the uh more of the historical stuff. That sounds like a good idea to me. Okay. But that's uh that's what I have. I mean we could go further, but yeah. Um no, that's that sounds good. <laughs> that's the stuff you brought up, so that's uh I have one more note now to think of our favorite what well, modules is what I wrote, but that, that could be whatever, you know, an actual published module, a uh, homebrew, you know, something we ran. Okay. But if, yeah, we both come up with two or three of those, honestly, as we've been talking, I've come up with a, uh, two or three. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good place to stop. Okay. So I suppose I should say I am. I don't know if I want to say chaotic good James or Greyhawk Seamus or <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna go rate us, review us, write us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm James. I'm Jody. And we'll D D at you later. <laughs> Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Yeah, what you said. Yeah. I popped the cork. Uh, okay. I told her that, you know, the like, I'm not getting you a hooker or a stripper. The most we do is, like, go someplace like Twin Peaks or something like that. And I, I even in the, in the message, I said, you know, it was just kind of like a Hooters thing, but with good food. And she goes, oh, I know what it is. He goes, they're like every couple, like, couple times a month. <laughs> And I'm like, huh, well, you're probably going to be way more than okay with what I have planned because it's literally. <laughs> <laughs>